Hey everyone, welcome to Handing the Shame Back, a channel dedicated to supporting survivors of child sexual abuse across the world. My name's Gloria Masters and I'm your host. We're going into part two now with the fabulous Lawwood Choi and he is talking to us about his experience when he went away to college at the age of 17 as uh, part of the tennis team and and the experience he had with a an older grad who groomed and manipulated him. We're now at the phase where we're looking at uh, what Lawwood did next. And that could be a whole other book, couldn't it? Uh, so welcome back, Lawwood. And uh, yeah, just uh, looking at you and where things kind of went from once you ran away from him what happened at after that what what sort of led you to start your own healing and recovery yeah um thank you so much again uh i think as soon as i ran away i had a very similar response to the first and second times where I feel so much disgust. I feel a lot of hatred towards myself. I just could not face myself for the longest time. And I just went home or went back to my dorm room. I laid there and I just cried. I just cried like silent tears. I just remember laying on my pillow on my side and just tears rolling down my face because I just didn't know how to process what I was going through. Um, and I remember the next day I had agreed to play with a teammate. And we're warming up. It's not a big deal. It's a ball. And I missed a ball and I went absolutely ballistic. I was screaming at myself. I was like, what is wrong with you? You're such an idiot. And Mind you, like I'm screaming at the top of my lungs over a warm up, and my friend is just like, "What is going on with him?" And I'm like, "It's fine, it's fine. Like I didn't get a lot of sleep. I'm just missing balls I shouldn't miss." And we back up, and we're playing some more, and I miss another ball, and I, I lose it, and I literally take my racket and I throw it across the tennis court. It hits the other fence, and I'm just screaming and screaming and screaming. I'm like, what is wrong with you? You're such an idiot. Like, you're so stupid. And my friend's like, well, like, let's take a break. Let's sit. Like, what is going on right now? Um, and I'm just, remember sitting on that bench. She was like, what is going on? And I was like, in my head, I was like, I know exactly what's going on. But I don't know if I can tell you. I just don't. And... I was just like, you know, I'm just going to throw him some lines. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, I'm stressed about school. I'm stressed about paying for school. I'm stressed about the match that's coming up. I'm stressed about not getting enough sleep. I miss my family. All the pither and all the pather, but none of the substance. And I decided then that I was like, you know what? I might just take this with me to the grave. I think that just might be what it is. Mm -hmm. Um and then my fourth year of university rolls around. And the exact first day I remember, I thought to myself, I am the same age 
as Ray when he did those things to me. And it would kill me. It would, it would literally kill me if I ever did that to anyone else. And so I thought to myself, I need to, get, I need to see someone. I, I, I have to tell at least someone because up until this point, I had not told anybody. I haven't even written it in my journal, which is where I keep most of my most private thoughts. Um, and so the second semester in the spring, a new school counselor comes in. I set up an appointment. I say, you know what? We're just going to go for it. We're just going to set the appointment. We're going to do a future commit to ourselves. And the therapist asks me, oh, you know, sends me an email. What do you want to talk about? And I say, oh, I just have some things I want to get off my chest. And, you know, bless this counselor's heart. It's their first couple of weeks at the school. And this guy comes in and I sit down. He says, oh, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Mr. Davis. And I say, oh, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Robert Reyes. Like, so where'd you want to come in today? And I have a moment where I think to myself, oh, I shouldn't say it. This is not the place. And something comes over me where I say, no, I have to say this. I have to say this right now, at least to one person. And it just pours out of me. It like, I tell them everything. I tell them, this is how I met this person. This is what they did to me. This is how I feel. And these are the problems I struggle with. I haven't slept well since my freshman college ever since these things happened to me. I don't know where I am. I have so many questions about everything going on in my life. And it just sits there and it listens. And it listens. And I finish telling him everything. And I think to myself, I've made a terrible mistake. I should not have said anything. And he finally speaks up and he goes, we're really proud of you for coming here today oh. and telling me. Oh. And what you did was very brave. And I could feel, you know, sometimes you let your shoulders drop and your shoulders drop on the outside of your body. I felt my shoulders drop inside of my body. Oh. I felt just the relaxing of all that tension that was inside me that I didn't know about. And I was like, oh my gosh, I said it. I finally told someone. And it was such a weight off my shoulders. And that same day, after I meet with the school counselor, I go over to a friend's house, really, really great friends of mine, a couple of the people hanging out at a house. And we're just catching up. And they say, hey, how did your day go? What you been up to? Um, it's just like a group of guys that I'm, I'm really good friends with. And I go, oh, I spoke to the school counselor today. And they go, oh, okay, like what about? And we, we, we would have this code word in college where we would say laundry room talks. <laughs> and laundry room talks basically meant Guys, shove into yourselves into the laundry room, close the door, shut the lights. What stays in this room happens in this room and never leaves. And this is where you get to be your most vulnerable self. And so we would go in there and be like, hey, what's going on with you and your girlfriend? And guys would just open up and be like, oh, I feel like a terrible boyfriend. Like, I feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm not sure if I'm in the right relationship. Or we'd say, hey, like, I saw you crying earlier. With What was that about? And guys would say, oh, my grandma just died. And I just... I didn't know how to process it. And I didn't know if I could tell anyone. And Or we would say, hey, are you mad at this person? But laundry rooms were where a lot of the conversations would happen. 
And so I told them, watch room. And they were like, absolutely. And so it's me, three other guys, we just jolt upstairs. It wasn't a laundry room, but it's the same idea. Um, and I think to myself, maybe I shouldn't tell them. Maybe I shouldn't say anything. And I tell myself, you know what, if we're on a high right now, we got we to gotta keep the momentum going. And I say, hey, you guys remember Ray? You know, like, yeah, we remember Ray. And I told them, my first year at university, Ray did these things to me. And that was what I was telling the counselor about. And I'm terrified. I say it and I'm just like instant regret in my body. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said anything. Like I was on a high and I acted out of momentum and impulse. And I was like, I shouldn't have said anything. And my friend chimes up and he's like, thank you for telling us, Larry. Like that must have been hard for you. And I can feel my body just drop inside me where I'm like, oh, wow. it's okay. And they go, yeah, Ray was kind of weird. Like he had said these things to me. And I was like, what? He said that to you? And they're like, yeah, we, and, and then they were just like, yeah, like they were just so supportive and encouraging. And they're like, yeah, we, you know what? Ray is no longer anyone we want to associate with. We don't want to even want to be around him. Like we got your back. Like you got, they were like, you're so brave for just like saying that and standing up and we didn't know that you were going through this this entire time and um yeah just the there's a different like kind of feeling that comes when it is the people that you are most scared to tell because truth be told i was scared to tell the guys i was really good friends with because i was like i don't want you to think of me differently yeah um but just to see how well they responded and how supportive and encouraging they were just really lifted my spirits in a way that I just simply cannot describe. That's, wow, look at you go. I'm so, I'm so uh, proud of you. It's, it's such a big deal and and our survivor audience, beautiful ones watching, welcome back. You know, just have Lord sitting here talking about this. We do, don't we? We can have that instant self-regret. I wish I'd never spoken. And then very quickly followed by, thank God I did. But how wonderful you had that level of support. And isn't it interesting how interestingly our first response is always the one that's harder on us can you relate ah, um just getting over that hump of i just have to tell one person yes yeah. was, was huge it took me a whole half half of a semester or a yeah. whole semester to get over that yeah um it, it's an immense challenge and i don't want to take away at all how difficult that is no and when you know it's your time lord you won't have a choice will you would you say that to our survivors so i guess we're looking at that really helped you i guess what other kind of healing modalities or other things did you do that you feel helped you helped you in the recovery and healing of, of all of this? 
Yeah. Um, I am a journaler at heart. <laughs> I have been journaling since I've probably been 13 or 14. And I remember very specifically, I have an entry in my journal where I apologize to myself. And I say, hey, I'm sorry that, that I haven't been honest with you. Mm. And I'm sorry that I haven't told you the truth where I should have kept my deepest secrets. And I wrote out in painful detail what I went through. Wow. And I continue to write. And, um, and I would encourage everybody, because if you feel like you can't tell anybody, you can tell yourself. At least you have yourself. And it's amazing. It is something special to read that journal entry. Uh, now, almost 10 years later, and to be in a completely different space. And it just gives you so much hope to know the space that I once was, the place that I thought I would be stuck at forever, the thing that I thought I would never overcome or never get control of or never move from. I have done all those things. You have. That's so beautiful. You just radiate that, actually. That's so beautiful. And, you know, it's it's available to you guys out there as well, that ability to, loving it, journal to yourself. You can be honest with yourself. And, you know, just the healing and the weight that gets shifted, Lord, from speaking and journaling yeah you know you and I talked off here a little bit about that concept of not giving up on yourself and I guess I'm wondering when I think of not giving up on yourself it's things like lack of self-care or pushing myself too hard and not having a proper lunch break or agreeing to things I really don't want to do or um, you know, other people coming first. Those are some examples. I guess I'm interested. If I said to you, not giving up on yourself, Lord, what are some ways you've kind of found that, that actually you had and how have you been able to overcome them and move forward? Yeah. Um, if you ask anybody I went to school with, any of my close friends, and they told you how much did Lord Word work? They would tell you he worked an insane amount. Uh, yeah. I would be up at five for workouts. I'd be in class all day. Then I would go to my on-campus job. Then I would go to practice. And then I would go to my meetings. And I'd probably get in bed by 1 a.m. Wow. Um, and I, I've heard this joke from my friends, which is slightly depressing, but funny nevertheless. They said, if Lord Word can get through school and do all the things that he was doing, I can get through school just doing school <laughs> um and i i, I just so working so too hard was one way yeah yeah i just didn't want to think and so after i had that counseling session i thought to myself i want to take care of myself i want to show care to the people that are around me um and it just came in the ways of taking things slow for a change 
one of the things that I would do is I would just walk to campus and it'd be about 15, 20 minute walk. And I wouldn't even put headphones in. I would just listen and I would just hear the wind rustling or cars driving by and just sipping my tea. And I would just walk and I would look around things and I'd say, is it so nice that I have 15, 20 minutes of peace for how busy my day gets? And I would love those moments. I would love them. And even when I would walk back, I would put my phone away. I wouldn't do anything. And I would just look. I'd say, I've seen that rock a million times probably by now. But man, it's a great walk. And just mm-hmm. being mindful of the experience that I was having helped me so much. Um, and one thing through college that I had always wanted to do was open up my home to others. Um, college and university is so difficult students are very stressed out sometimes they just need a space where someone says have a beer here's some food relax tell me about your problems and I always wanted to do that and finally my senior year I had time because I stepped away from all those things and oh man like this week's been really tough for me um I haven't been doing too great at these things. And I'd ask them like, hey, what's your favorite kind of drink? And they'd say, oh, like I really love, you know, this kind of tea. And I'd say, what's your favorite movie? And they'd say, oh, it's, it's this movie. And I'd say, come over like on Thursday and just let's just drink tea, eat chips and just relax for a change. And I have students and friends that will still tell me to this day, they're like, those are some of my fondest memories. Because just for a, for a split moment in my life, I could step away from everything. And the only thing that mattered was being here, watching this movie, and hanging out with my friend. And I just love that so much. It's so beautiful. And I, I love what you're saying, you know, and, and I can see you light up as you say it. You really are such a gift to the world. And I it's so beautiful for me and and survivors watching to to notice that in you lord because sometimes when we give up on ourselves we forget to nurture and what you described earlier if if okay is you really talked about grounding techniques you know what can i see what can i hear what can i smell what can i taste what can I feel? Oh, that's the wind rustling. And it's those sorts of things that help to ground us and for survivors bring us back into our bodies. As you know, there's so much of, of what you experienced that I imagine dissociation was was part of that. So isn't it interesting how organically or intuitively you were drawn to coming back into your body and not being distracted by anything yeah um it just i don't know these things almost i don't want to say they came naturally to me but they were just ideas that made sense to me (laughs) yeah (laughs) So you, you you know, just as we're going into the last few minutes, I guess, what advice, and I know you're going to hate me saying, I don't want to give advice, Gloria, but what 
you're helping other people, so get over yourself. <laughs> what advice would you give to survivors watching who maybe aren't at that stage yet where, where they've given up on themselves a bit because they're not looking after themselves? So what advice would you give them to help them shift through? I would say that you don't need to change the entire system overnight. A small win day after day really adds up. I think sometimes I have this all or nothing mentality where I say, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it hundred percent. But when you are fighting and scrapping and struggling half a percent, a quarter of a percent, one, one hundredth of a percent matters. And if you are able to aggregate those day after day and really like and really hold on to those as wins, not just say, oh, it's like a half a percent, it doesn't matter, but really to tell yourself, you know, I'm really proud of myself today for just brushing my teeth. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to say thank you that I'm alive. Oh, that's beautiful. So those are all huge wins. And being able to stack one together and two together and three together and then maybe pay someone a compliment when you're not feeling so good or all wins and I, I, I genuinely just I know that I still struggle with this where I wish I could just take those moments and say that was a really great, great beautiful moment and I want to hold on to that and the way that this person smiled when I told them I liked their shoes because they were red. I want to hold on to that. And any, and this is something I tell myself often, is any negative thought that I had, anything that I think, you know what, I, 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 I'm just going to give up. I tell myself, you can give up tomorrow. <laughs> you, can, you can quit tomorrow. But today is too important to lose. Oh, I really like that. My God, my oh, goodness, you... Uh... What a gift, audience. Uh, very grateful to have Lord here because these, these are little nuggets of gold and uh, we're harvesting. <laughs> we're harvesting Lord's nuggets of gold. But just grateful. And as we're closing out, is there anything else you would like to say that you haven't had the opportunity as yet? Um, I would reiterate how important it is to be honest to yourself. To say to yourself, this thing did happen to me and this thing really hurt and this thing was hurt. Yeah. Because I've been through that stage where I denied myself for so long. But in being honest with yourself and saying, this thing happened, I can look at it with honesty will take you a far way and it seems counterintuitive but it is true i really like that and i think it's quite a powerful phenomenon so look you know stay right there please lord but as we're closing out with the audience i i really like um lord said many things guys but but i guess a couple of them are this you know, 
I love that when he was journaling, he put, I'm sorry, I haven't been honest with you. And I love that the fact he made that the third person, because sometimes it's really hard to face into ourselves or as he described in part one, look in the mirror. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's quite a powerful thing to do. And the other thing he mentioned was, looking at the small wins, whether it's a quarter of a percent, a half a percent, a one percent, and actually giving them the equal gratitude and heartfelt recognition that you would give to a hundred percent. Because survivors on those days when things feel tough, a quarter of a percent is fantastic. Oh, there's just so much you've said, Lord. One one other thing that I love too was, um, you know, yes, I feel like giving up today, but I'll put that off, you know, I'm paraphrasing. I'll, I'll put that off till tomorrow. If I feel like giving up tomorrow, yes, I can not bother tomorrow, but just for today, I'll carry on. I love that you've got a great, a few real practical, wonderful uh, mind hacks and they're very great for us so you know audience we aren't we lucky and um, so grateful to Lord and to uh, for his insights and his wisdom and his courage today I know we're going to get some great feedback from this and uh, just as with every single one of you as always i see you i stand beside you and i believe you